I want to go really quickly to the scripture. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Mark. Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to read just a few verses in your hearing. If you're watching us online, this is a good opportunity to share the word of God. For the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The gospel according to Mark, the Q source, verses 28 through verse 31. When you have it, I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother, wife or children, lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, and mothers, children, and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. I want you to share this topic with the person beside you, and you can be seated. Tell them, for those who stayed. For those, you can be seated. Y'all sit down. Y'all standing like, like you're expecting something. <laughs> for those, for those who stay. Uh, so, I love the Word of God. Um, when I was growing up in church, there was a devotional song that I liked them to sing. It was in the Word of God. Oh, y'all sung it too. I got a hiding place. I love the scriptures. I love the poetry of Psalms and, and Solomon. Um, probably my favorite part of the Bible is the Torah. I, can, I have to make myself not preach out of Genesis, Exodus, Levit well, not Leviticus as much, but Numbers and Deuteronomy because I love the narrative and uh, the historical accounts of the Torah. One of the most complicated, though, parts of the scripture and some of you pastors would probably agree is the, uh, the apocryphal or the apocalyptic text uh, dealing with eschatology. Uh, we're always trying to label what we're reading. You have an ancient writer that's speaking about futuristic events with his best way of describing it. And we are trying to take ancient prophetic texts and layer them beside what we're dealing with now. And God always does what he says he's going to do, but oftentimes it doesn't look like what we thought it was going to look like. When it comes to eschatology or the study of the last days, some are totally overboard in reading signs and symbols uh, to the point uh, they're so inebriated with it, they're missing out on the now. They have their own passions and ambitions in describing what is what. Like when President Obama was the president, everybody claimed that he was the Antichrist. But then I don't know what we got after that. You understand what I'm saying? It can become very complicated. And then we have some that are so uh, consumed in the now that they totally miss the signs of the last day. 
So uh, the scripture even lets us know that before the Antichrist would be embodied in an individual, that the spirit of the Antichrist will already be operating in the world. And so not to be political today or not to even uh, uh, cause any division concerning uh, present day issues like vaccinations. I do want to lift to any of you who considered not taking the vaccine because of the Antichrist or the mark of the beast. I want to, you to consider that you're already operating within an Antichrist system. No, no, we are. If you have a cell phone, if you have a credit card... You know, it's, it's already, the, the infrastructure is already being established. If you're in the world, some kind of way you're operating within what is being set up for what's to come. Yeah, so the Bible tells us before the embodiment of a man uh, that would be the Antichrist, the spirit would already be in operation. Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 says like this, when the spirit of the Antichrist come, he will speak words against the most high. He will speak words against the most high and he shall wear out the saints. I've never seen a time in our generation where the saints are always tired. You know, less services, but more tired. When I was growing up, there was church every day of the week. There was some kind of auxiliary meeting, some kind of evangelistic service. Come on, somebody. Some sort of prayer meeting. And we went to all of them. Prayer, choir rehearsals. Y'all not saying that. Sunday school. How many conventions? How many jurisdictional conferences? Now we are tired from doing nothing. Mm. But I want to lift to you that the Bible says that the Antichrist will attack the saints. It will attack the Christos, the Christ, the anointing. I want you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, your warfare has nothing to do with your looks. Tell them it's all about your anointing. Glory be to God. It's all about Hallelujah. The devil ain't after your money. He wants to pollute your oil. He wants, he wants to attack you from walking in your purpose. Then what is the anointing? I heard you, Bishop Linwood, having this dialogue with our church recently about the anointing. The, the anointing is not a style. Although God can anoint your style, your style is not synonymous with the anointing. Your anointing deals with the God ability in your life to accomplish what God has call you to do and I want to lift to you that your anointing is reflective in your warfare whatever kind of anointing you have you'll know not because of the size of your collar or the size of your shirt or what kind of seat you sit in in the sanctuary you will know how anointed you are because of the warfare you have to deal with as a matter of fact there's some people in this room have no idea what you have to go through just to get to this jurisdictional convocation but I need somebody to shout it's too late now hallelujah my God I know we know that the people in the pulpit are anointed and we should clap for our bishops and mothers and supervisors and superintendents but I want you to know that the anointing is not just on the platform there's still some power in the pew that's why you got to be careful how you handle folk who you think don't matter just because they ain't got a title in front of their name don't mean they ain't carrying no power in their spirit there's somebody on your road that can rebuke cancer right now 
and that's why some of us some of us are always trying to fight for a position and we need to be seen but look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I don't have to have a position take the position but you can never have my place ah I got a place in God I need you to tell three people tell them I got a place in God hey, my God I know I'm anointed not because of my title I'm anointed because the devil fights me from the time I get out of the bed in the morning I know I'm anointed because I sometimes don't want to do this but I have to deal with the warfare that's connected to this the anointing is reflective in your warfare y'all be seated and I'll finish a, a, a deliverance ministry like Moses will always have to deal with the Pharaoh system glory be to God a prophetic ministry like Elijah will always have to deal with a Jezebel, a spirit of manipulation and intimidation. And I want to pause right here because I hear the Holy Ghost right here to tell some of you in this room, it's time for you to come out of the cave. There's some prophets that are hiding in caves. Some prophetic voices that are hiding in caves because of the intimidation of Jezebel. I come to tell you, I don't care what somebody got on you or what they heard about you or something that happened years ago. God told me to tell you to come out of the cave. I don't care what people have been discussing. Keep preaching holiness even if you're preaching it against yourself. Scream at somebody, tell them, come out of the cave. Come out of the cup. Come out. always have to deal with warfare based upon your anointing and so we are here when Timothy 2nd Timothy chapter 3 tells us Timothy you'll know when the last days are here because it'll be difficult times people will love only themselves and their money they will be boastful and proud arrogant with nothing Don't be arrogant and broke. Come on, somebody. Ain't none of our churches really bigger than everybody else's. And if you got a few more than I got, amen, praise God. But at the end of the day, you can lose it all tomorrow. Learn how to speak to people. The Bible says they will be scoffing at God disobedient to natural and spiritual parents ungrateful and considering nothing sacred oh god i need you to look at somebody tell them make church sacred again now i i'm gonna say this and this is my first time here and it may be my last time here um i want to say this i i'm a bridge I'm thankful for our modern technology, our advancement in church, embracing a new day. But I just want to lift to y'all. We didn't lost something in the transition. Can we just have this conversation for a moment? Something happened when we put spotlights on the pulpit. It went from a pulpit to being a stage and the devotional leaders became performers. Something happened when we gave microphones to the singers. The people in the congregation stopped singing. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, make it sacred again. I know we don't need to walk around with our finger up anymore. 
but I miss it. Because now we walk casually in late and dare somebody to say anything about it. We used to get to church before church started and if we did come in late, we would slip down on our knees by the chair to consecrate ourselves before we started operating. But now we're listening to Beyonce on the way to church trying to lead people to worship somewhere you ain't been all week. I'm talking about the saints who sit in church on Instagram and it has nothing to do with the service. Make it sacred again. Make it sacred again. I said make it sacred again. The steps in Jerusalem. I go to Israel every year and I, I, I do, we do some teaching with the center of Christian and Jewish understanding. And it always blows my mind that when we come to the steps, the excavation of the steps of the second temple, that as much as the archaeological findings of antiquity in Jerusalem is so massive and yet so precise without modern technology, when you get to the second temple steps, the seats uh, of the steps are uneven. And so many people tried to bring up why the steps were uneven. They said maybe they're uneven because of the lack of measurements uh, and measuring tools. But the rabbi says, no, the steps of the second temple were uneven on purpose. Because any of you that run or exercise or if you even have steps in your house, you don't look down when you're walking up the steps because the steps are proportioned with the same distance between each other that you can walk up the steps without thinking about it. But if the steps are uneven, every step has to be a careful step. And what God is instructing us in this latter day, if we want God to move in our churches again, and I'm talking about more than a praise break, we got to walk up uneven steps again. We got to be consecrated. I know y'all didn't shut down on me now. I said we got to be consecrated again. We got to see that you don't have to do this. You get to do this. You don't have to sing in the choir. You get to sing in the choir. Come on somebody. Ain't nobody making you come. If God has provided a security that we have stayed alive after almost three years of a pandemic, I will enter in its gates with thanksgiving. And into its courts with praise. I need about a hundred people to open up your mouth and shout because he didn't let you die. I'll be seated getting the jet lag off of me. I'm almost there. Nothing sacred. So they will be unloving, unforgiving, and they will slander others. They will become slanderers. And I want to say, during this jurisdictional convocation, if you're a leader in your church, you don't have a private social media platform. Your Facebook page is a part of the ministry. Oh, <laughs> come on, come on. I mean, can I post what I want? No, no. Everything you post is a reflection of the church. Come on. And you, you are not, no leader can serve in the local church and then go on social media and then put subliminal messages up against leadership and still serve. You can't work in a Fortune 500 company and talk about the CEO and still keep your job.
Look at your neighbor, tell you no, but no meeting necessary. Y'all stop having all these meetings when people have already shown you who they are. Enjoy your vacation, you and your family, but we don't need to see all of your pictures. Oh, y'all not saying nothing in here. Because I don't need to see you in your bathing suit, then you got to lead me in the worship. I can't get the image out of my head. All right, I'm sorry. Blame it on the jet lag. I'm serious. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm sorry. They will be unloving and unforgiving. And then they will operate with no self-control. Ooh, hallelujah. No self-control. And that's why it is very imperative. And I know we need people in our churches. And oftentimes there's a deficit of people who will volunteer. But just because you're small don't mean you're desperate. You got to be careful because a desperate leader is like putting blood in a shark infested water. The Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly because if you do, you can end up being a partaker of those men's sins. No, don't allow people to come into your church saying God sent me to help. No, God sent you to submit. Glory be to God. And if your heart is right for the ministry, you'll go through the process. We need to stop elevating people who need counseling. You don't need an ordination therapy. You, ther you need therapy. You don't need another collar. You need therapy. If you don't have, if you can't control your flesh, how are we going to let you serve over the young people? Come on, somebody. If you can't control your flesh, self-control. And that's why these, uh, these elevations need to be accompanied with background checks. All right, let me move on. See, they will, be, they will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. They will have a form of godliness. Hallelujah. But deny the power thereof from those kind of people. Stay away. Stay away. It's okay to warn new converts about other saints. No, really, it is. I used to, that used to be problematic for me, but it's okay. It's okay when someone new comes into the flock that you take them and say, uh-uh, no, you hang with, you hang with supervisors over here. No, 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 come on. Because people will gravitate to them and pollute them. They will be excited about the church. They'll be excited about the ministry. Then they come back looking confused. How is it that you know something that happened in the church five years ago and you only been here for six months? And that's why after church, I don't, everybody you go to church with don't come to your house. Everybody you sing in a choir with, you don't go out to eat with. It ain't that you don't love them. You don't bring everybody from your job to your house. Come on. Because after I go through a three-hour church service, I don't want to lose it in 10 minutes at the restaurant after church. I want to keep what I got. I really mean this for real now, saints. I really 
really want God for real. I've been in church all my life and I don't want to do all these revivals, all these conventions and find myself stuck in the same place being guilty by association. Now, now preaching about the last days and signs of the last days or the coming of Christ has almost been eliminated from our present day vernacular or our preaching and our spiritual dialogue. You know, it's hard to even find people to have Jesus talk with. I'm not talking about how much money y'all raised, Doc. I'm talking about actually talk about, that's, that's what moved me about you, Bishop. I'm going to be honest. That when we sat at the table, we were talking about church. We were talking about God. Because you have to realize, everybody who does church don't do God. But, but this, you see, this kind of talk doesn't really appeal to the carnality of Christians. Preaching about the coming of Yeshua will not excite, excite the crowd. But I must live to you that this is the telos of our faith. This is the culmination of our expectation as believers. This is what we long for. It's not the fact that houses and cars are coming. It's not the fact that even money is coming. And I know it will. It's the fact that after all of this, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus is coming. Anybody still excited about the fact that the Lord himself, hallelujah, shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the dead. We used to shout about that. And the dead in Christ shall, shall rise. See, see, it's a hallelujah. We we have we have people who dance but don't understand atonement. We are not we have missed out on the blood songs. Hallelujah. The death, burial, and resurrection, not comprehending justification by faith. But I need to raise uh, up to you tonight, hallelujah, that I'm still caught up on the Passover. It was the blood, hallelujah. One day when I was lost, glory, Jesus died on the cross and I know it was the blood. Testify to somebody, tell them I know it was the blood. It wasn't my last name. It wasn't the money in my bank account when I couldn't fix myself and I couldn't change myself. Tell somebody it was the blood. It was the blood. It was the, it was the blood, Paul. Paul says in verse 4 of, of, the, of Timothy, it says that people would betray each other. In other words, people would be disloyal. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's why there's so many boundaries and barriers with us in church sometimes. Not because we want to be that way, but many of us have PTSD. No, really. Many of us really do. Because how many times are you going to trust people uh, for your trust to be taken advantage of? Come on, you know, to the point it has caused some of us as preachers not to even celebrate new members really anymore. Because when they join, our question is, how long are you going to stay? And then some people come over from another church and you're looking like, who sent you? Yeah. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm not acting funny. Tell them, I got reasons. I got reasons. I'm not trying to punish you. I just got reasons. You know, the, the Bible says they will be disloyal. It's an old English word that's used. It's called truce breakers. Hallelujah. Meaning breaker of covenant. And in this generation, we preach to a people who really don't understand covenant. 
covenant is not about convenience. My goodness. There, these are the people who have watched their parents divorce. These are people who stay in churches like they stay at jobs. They hold on to it until something else comes along. But I want to lift to you that you can't receive a mantle from a place you haven't served. Hallelujah. If you're an Elisha, you need an Elijah. And it's not covenant until it costs you something. It's a Ruth and Naomi. It's a Rispa fighting for the, for the bodies of her sons. It's David and his strong men. And you are not, ha you don't have real covenant until that covenant has come into conflict and you still stay. My God. Everyone is not your assignment. But when you find your assignment, you gotta hold on to it. Even when you don't feel it anymore. My God. Look at somebody telling me it ain't about feeling. There are moments I have to coach myself to go to church. There are moments I have to coach myself to go home. Hallelujah. Moments I have to coach myself to go to work. It ain't by feelings. Sometimes you have to fight to stay. My God. I need you to run out of your seat real quick and tell somebody you got to fight to stay. Hallelujah. Staying, 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 staying. It's not always easy. Hallelujah. But you got to fight to stay when it gets confusing you got to remember what you knew when you started when the next level of revelation comes the crowds will thin out but look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I'm not going anywhere I'm not going anywhere Jesus Jesus started son, as long as he was baking bread and cooking fish sandwiches the crowd was with him but as soon as he started talking about you got to drink my blood and eat my and eat this this is my body you got to eat it then the crowd thinned out and he looked at the disciples he says will you also leave but they looked at him and says where are we going Hey, glory be to God. Where are we going? See, you're not ready for covenant until you stop abandoning your start abandoning your options. See, some people keep on talking about, well, I don't have to do this. Well, you're not ready for the next level. The, the next level is coming to those who says, no, I really got to do this. This, I don't have an option outside of this. Either I got to do this or I'm going to die. Come on, somebody. How many in here God had to run you down for your assignment? My God. And so the Bible declares here in Mark chapter 10 they said lo we have left all you keep talking about how a rich man can't get in you're talking about how all of those will walk away but Lord we have left all to follow you hallelujah what about us what what about what about us what what about what about us that's we don't want to talk about it out loud but but what about us what about us who stayed while everybody else took their breaks? Glory be to God. What? Y'all, don't y'all leave me out here by myself. Have you ever thought, what about us? Y'all keep celebrating people who came back. But what about us who never left? What about... What, what about what about us I, I'm happy for everybody and what, what God is doing in their lives I'm not jealous of anybody but I have wondered when is it going to happen for me look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I know what he's talking about what, 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 what happens for those who are called to hold up everybody else and after a while you become unseen you begin to consider that you're forgotten and you've been overlooked what, what about us because we left all 
to follow and that's why sometimes people look at you and they see your headlines but they don't know your details glory be to God people are jealous of you and they have no idea the price you paid to stand where you're standing put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder tell them I paid for this hallelujah nothing came free for me I'm like, I hear Sophia from the color purple if she was here tonight she would tell you all my life I had to fight I've been fighting I had to fight in my mother's womb I had to fight through my adolescence I had to fight while everybody else was being elevated and ordained I had to fight to be acknowledged I didn't need a title but I just needed to be seen for what I was doing look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor what about me Because if you're a mother, if you're a mother, your children are constantly pulling on you. And it, it, it makes you feel some kind of way because as your kids grow up, they'll be pulling on you for what you can give them. And they'll forget who you are. Yes, you, yes you're, the, you're their mother, but you got a name. Yes, you're the... You're their pastor, but you got needs. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Yes, I am blessed by helping others, but I have some unfulfilled dreams. And I pushed some of my own wants to the side to serve other people's vision. Y'all ain't said that. Glory be to God. What, uh, what about? I know it doesn't sound right for us to say it because it, it makes uh, sound narcissistic. It's not that I'm narcissistic. It's that I'm wondering, uh, after being in this so long, does it ever turn for me? Glory be to God. I'm, glory be to God. When, the, when I've tried to keep myself, not always been perfect at it, but when we as single saved people tried to keep ourselves and we didn't get married and the whores get married. Uh, uh, okay, I'm sorry. What a, what a, what a, whew. what about me? I, I'm the one that showed up to all the church services and hallelujah. And they put me on the program without asking me because they knew I was going to be there regardless. And then I get overlooked when it comes to promotion. What about, what about me? Makes me wonder, do I have the right last name? Do I have the right pedigree? Am I connected to the right bishop? What about, what about me? Hallelujah. What hallelujah? What about me? And the truth is, many of us, our warfare has not been external, it's been internal. Mm, hallelujah. The disciple speaks up out loud for what some of us have had to contemplate on the inside. Glory be to God. I love the Lord. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love him. And I'm going to serve him for the rest of my days. Oh, but who prays for the people who pray for everybody else? Glory be to God. Who's standing and holding me up when I feel like I'm breaking under the pressure? Glory be to God. What, what, what about, what about us? And I'm, I'll wrap this up. But the Lord told me to preach this message for those who stay. This next season is not for those who've been perfect, but it is for those who've been postured. It's for those who served even when you didn't feel like serving anymore. It's for those who stood in the gap for your leaders. Even when there were moments you felt like you weren't even seen by your leader. Tell your neighbor, for those who stayed. 
for those who, glory be to God, for those. He says, I'm going to do it. He says, we've stayed by you, Jesus. What about us? And I, I'm speaking tonight a special blessing on everybody who has a heart for your pastor. If your pastor's in a room, point at your pastor, tell him, I got your back for real. Oh, I dare you to shout for you, leader. Shout for what God is getting ready to do. I said, shout for what God is getting ready to do for your pastor. Oh! For those, hallelujah, for those, hallelujah, testify to somebody, tell them I could have left, but I'm glad I stayed. Oh, I heard Paul said that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Now, get out of your seat and touch three people and tell them there's a greater glory that's coming. That's a greater glory that's coming. I cried. I, I suffered. But them that sow in tears shall reap in joy. God told me to tell you you're not abandoned. You're not forsaken. God remembers when others forget. Those who stay are coming into a season where he's going to make the crooked way straight. He's going to exalt the valley. He's going to cause the mountain to be made low to give you access to your destiny. Look at your neighbor. Said, oh neighbor, this ain't for everybody. It's only for those who stayed up. Stayed under the pressure. Stayed under the criticism. Stayed in the midst of the rumors. Tell your neighbor, this ain't for everybody. It's only for those who stayed. Tears in my eyes. But I stayed. I made some mistakes. And people talked about it. But I stayed. There were times I had more questions than I had answers. But I stayed. Paid my tithe. And gave my offers. Look at somebody. It's just somebody. I didn't do everything right. But I'm still here. And that's got to count. That's got to count for something. But many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord, but the Lord, he will deliver. Point to somebody. Tell them you got a package coming. It's going to be delivered. You got a package. It's going to be more than what you prayed for. It's going to be more than what you asked for. Now under him who is able to do hey, exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Oh, you could ask a thing, run out of your seat and tell somebody it's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to 
you did the hard part you accomplished a heartbeat you stayed when others left you stayed when others crumble open up your mouth and shout issues with my finances for those for those for those for those he said uh, I'm going to ask you to do this whoever's doing the screen will you put my scripture back on the screen please Mark chapter 10 glory be to God for those for those who stay for those. Do y'all have it? Mark. Mark chapter. If I could get a reader right quick. Mark chapter 10. Verse, hallelujah. Verse 28. Hold on. I'm, I feel an ocean. Mark chapter 10, verse 20. Do I have somebody can read strong? Go ahead, read. Verse 20. Thank you. For those who stay. Read. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Hold on my side. Read somebody. Uh -huh, what did he say? We have done what? To do what? Then Peter began to say unto him, Yes. Lo, uh -huh. we have left all uh -huh. and have followed thee. What verse 29 say? And Jesus said, Yes, sir. Uh-huh. 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 I'm from the country. Come on, girl. Uh-huh. Or wife. Uh-huh. Or children. Uh-huh. Or land. Yes. For my sake. Yes. And the gospel. Read. But he shall receive a hundredfold. What? Now in this time. Uh-huh. Houses. Yes, sir. Brethren. Uh-huh. And sisters. Uh-huh. Mothers. Huh? And children. Yes. And land. With? With persecution. All right. Woman of God, go and back. And world to come. Uh-uh. Go back to verse 29. 29? All right. Uh-huh. And Jesus answered and said. What did he say? Verily I say unto you. Yeah. There is no man. Uh-huh. That has left house. All right. Go to verse uh, 30, will you? But he shall receive uh -huh. a hundredfold. Yes. Now in this time. What? Houses. All right, ma'am. Go back. Ma hey, hey. What's your name? What's your name? Marietta. Mr. Down Mary. Go back to verse 29. <laughs> and Jesus answered. What did he say? And said. Uh-huh. Verily I say unto you. Yes. There is no man uh -huh. that has left house. All right, go back to go to verse 30. But he shall receive a hundredfold but now. But he this shall time. receive a hundredfold. Yes. Now in this time. What? Houses. All right. And S brotherly. Sister Mary. Sister Mary. And sister. Hold up. Hold up. Because there's somebody's word in this scripture. Read verse 29. What did Jesus say? And Jesus answered and said, Uh-huh. Verily I say unto you, uh -huh. there is no man yeah. that has left house. Stop. Verse 30. Read. But he shall receive uh -huh. a hundredfold. Yeah. 
Read. In this time. What? Houses. Stop. Verse 29, he said, you gave up a house. But by the time I finished, verse 37, said, I'm going to release to you houses. God says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. Speak to the people in your section, tell them it's going to happen for the saints. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I want to to speak to some of you leaders in this room that you poured your heart into the ministry. The Lord said, as you poured your heart into the ministry, I'm going to take care of your family. There will be no lack in your house. And all of your children will be safe. I need a praise right there. I need a, I said all. All of your children. You ain't going to preach to the nations and lose your family. I said all of your children will. I'm finished. For those who... For those, for those who stay, hallelujah, for those, hallelujah, this ain't for everybody, this, this is only for those who stayed even when it wasn't convenient. Whoosha, glory be to God. Now, I told you earlier, sometimes it's hard when you come into certain spaces with your colleagues because you don't really know who's for you or not. There's some people who can handle you if you're struggling. But don't get a new building. Don't start prospering and people will start acting strange. But I need you to tell the people in your section, tell them, this is a safe place. Tell them, I'm not jealous of you. Come on, tell them, I want to see you blessed. I want you to have everything God has for you. I'm going to test y'all out. I want you to open up your mouth and shout for your neighbor. Oh! Oh! I said shout for your neighbor. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen for the saints. I'm telling you, whatever you went through in this last season, I heard the Lord says he's getting ready to open up one door to make up for the last three. Okay. Can I come down? It's all right if I come down here. I need you to look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I don't care what you lost. Tell them double is coming back to you. I said double is coming for your private tears for the stuff you went through for the stuff you went through and no one knew about it for the things you endured and you couldn't trust a whole lot of people with it 
I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor when you see me dancing. Tell them I'm not just dancing for me. Tell them I'm dancing for everybody that got my last name. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe something is getting ready to turn. Something is about to turn for the saints. Whatever made you cry is getting ready to turn around and bless your life. Now, I'm getting ready to go to my seat, but I got to give y'all a prophetic assignment. Some of you, it's going to be hard for you to do this because this is not where you are right now. You don't have a revelation about it. You don't have a revelation about it. Only you that have a revelation will be able to respond to this. For 30 seconds, I don't want you to shout because God just blessed you with a check in the mail. For 30 seconds, I want you to dance for the last thing that happened in your life that tried to break you. Go ahead and do it. Bishop S.Y. Younger, thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.